Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us uh, to talk UFC, talk a few of the Kiwi fighters around the traps and uh, what's coming up as well on your MMA fight calendar is Hot Rod McSwain, New Zealand trainer and uh, former pro fighter himself. G'day, Rod, how are you? Hey, good. How's it going, Ricardo? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Yeah, I know uh, the boys at CKB are um, uh, are going to be uh, pretty busy at the moment because uh, I mean it's not just obviously UFC fighters. You've got you've also got boxers and kickboxers in the uh, in the gym as well. And one of them is fighting this weekend over on that uh, Cambosis Haney card, isn't he? Up against uh, David Nika. Yeah, we got. I think there's two of them on that card, bro. We got um, Titu. Um, Mosanga and we also have um, Himiahi or Bruce. There's two of the boys on the card. Yeah, fantastic. Who's uh, who's heading over for that? So you got Doug. Doug will be um, heading over to to help the boys out. Boxing coach Doug. Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, you know Himiahi looks like uh, he's the goods man. He he, he looks a great fighter, but uh, um, I don't know that the uh, his opponent is is going to be as much of a challenge as you would like, but boy, uh, uh, that David Nika fight looks interesting. Man, that's, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Titi Motisanga, he's, um, he's pretty good, man. He hasn't had the right, he hasn't had the uh, the right challenge here in New Zealand and with sparring partners like Israel and Carlos who can mimic the movement, height and looks like of David Nika. Um, bro, I'm, I'm really excited for that scrap. I mean, Nika has him on in, in height and reach. So what, what's what been the work-ons? And how do you, you know, when you've got a fighter, obviously you can't use the legs, you, you know, it's a, it's a boxing fight. So when you've got a fighter going into something like that, how are you preparing them for, to take on a guy with better reach and, and, and better height? Well, if it was me personally, um, Doug has his, Doug's an excellent, excellent boxing coach and um, great footwork, um, both stances. He's got the boys fighting orthodox southpaw, cutting, cutting the tall fighters off. Cutting off the ring, uh, great ring awareness. And if you watch Hemi fight, he um, a lot of the time he'll cut off in southpaw, and people just don't expect to be attacked when someone's in southpaw, and it's very hard to defend. So I'd probably look to uh, try and get on the inside, try and make him uncomfortable early on, and um, drop down to the body and try and set up something up top. Maybe try and turn it into a into a scrap rather than a, a long range fight because Nico on the outside is. He's a dangerous guy, man. He's, you know, Commonwealth Games and just his experience in pro boxing. I try to get him on the inside, get in early, get to the body to try and get some gas away from him and just really turn into a scrap. Yeah, and I think that's probably something that, you know, if you're David's coach, it's exactly what you're wanting to avoid. You're wanting to turn this into, you know, Lennox Lewis versus David Tua, right? Use that length, use that jab and, and, and just keep him off you and uh, keep the fight at a distance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's textbook long-range fighter versus the shorter inside fighter, you know. But, um, 
you know, Tyson would try and rock up his opponents, try and get them to stand and bang a little bit longer. And if you can play those mental games, then um, it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, very much so, mate. Very much so. Uh, what about Hemi? What do you know about his opponent? And um, you know, what's the what's the goal here? Is it just to get the W, or are you, are you looking to, or is Doug with him looking to achieve certain things, work on certain things? Maybe you get a KO on the resume and and, and look good for the cameras. I'm not too sure. Um, like always, obviously looking for the win. Probably looking for uh, this. This is a chance. Ricardo on a massive stage. This is probably the biggest stage the boys have had and put two of them on there. As long as they come away with a good performance, potentially a good knockout for Hemi, um, this would be a great stepping stone to future cards on um, such a big scale like this one. So as long as the boys perform well, and, um, you know, he, man, Hemi always does, and um, even if, if Titi performs well, even if he doesn't get the W, man, it, this is going to set him up for some... Uh, some other bigger cards across the ditch because Aussie, they're, man, they're doing so well at, at boxing at the moment, putting on big shows, and we just want a ticket to the big show, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Well, you know, and Dan Lonigan's doing a lot of that work over there now, you know, as well, um, and we see him involved with peach boxing and, you know, the guys like Andre uh, Mikhailovich and Jerome Pamplone and David Light, who fought over there last weekend as well. Man, there's some great fighters coming out of both, both countries at the moment. Oh, it's so good to see. It's been a long time coming you know it's finally you know we're finally getting recognized not only in the south pacific but um across the globe how we used to be in k1 now it's um and with david tour and um with unfortunately with parker and his recent loss but um you know the new the new blood is coming up and um man they're doing well eh? they're doing really well mate we're doing really well um on the on that world stage uh, I, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk some mma uh shortly and talk about some of those other guys at uh ckb but what next for Joe Parker, do you think, after that? Where, where does he go? Is it, is it an Andy Ruiz? Does he try and uh, get back in there with um, Dillian White? What, what do you reckon he'll look to do? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, eh? Because I thought this fight for Parker was a you know was the right fight to make at the right time. Bit of a step down from his top five opponents that he's used to used to fighting and um, take, up, take on someone a little bit lower in the rankings and try, you know... Uh, have a good performance, but unfortunately, Burry got, you know, he was getting dominated and got caught. So I imagine rather than going up, he'd probably have to drop back down to maybe a top 20 or a top 30 opponent, uh, get himself a win or get himself a couple of wins, build himself back up um, and have one last go at the um, at the number one spot. Because a lot of people are, you know what people are like, man, They you get a loss or you get a few losses and it's the fight game, man. You're You're very vulnerable out there. You know, you get to People see you at your highest of highs and they see you at your lowest of lows. You know, no one, no sport puts you on the spot like combat sport. And um, people bringing him down, they don't realize what, he's, what he goes through for his training and his, uh, you know, behind the scenes. You put everything into a camp. And I, I don't think this is the end of Joe. I think take a lesser opponent, get a win, get a few wins, start building your way back up. He's still young. Yeah, he's you know, still only 30, young. isn't he? Yeah, I think he's uh, early early thirties, coming up to mid thirties, and um, man, make a make another go at the title, you know. Like this is a couple of setbacks. We've all had setbacks, you know. Israel, imagine if Israel quit after his knockout against Pereira, you know. Now look where he is. He's about to fight him again, and what an opportunity that is, you yeah. know. So, 
you know, adversity is uh, what we do next. And I think Joe Parker, this is definitely not the last we've seen of him. No, no, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But uh, yeah, and it's like you say, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody out of his camp was saying, you know, uh, even ahead of this fight, and I don't think they were saying it to to give themselves an excuse or anything, but they were just saying, look, you know, the, the days of fighters at this level um, having to only have, you know, no or one loss to be able to challenge for a world title. When you've got so many good guys around, you know, people are going to lose more fights because they're going to fight more and there's so many more good guys around. So, you know, it used to be that you didn't really get a title shot if you unless you're undefeated or maybe you'd had one loss, but I, th- I think that's gone now. Which is a ridiculous thing anyway. You know what I mean? There's a stigma around, especially in boxing, and it's more coming into MMA now, where people think, oh, well, you know, we get a loss. It's devastating for my career. It's no, no, how no, no way. You know, I think Dan entered the, the UFC at five or six losses, you know, next to his record, and he quickly made it through, through to the top five. And, um, man, you losing, you know, we either win or we learn, you know. Some of the coaches uh, let us know, okay, you win or you learn. There's, um, you know, we don't we don't take losses. We we take learning curves, and then as long as you can grow from it and be, become better, then you know you don't you don't learn too much from a win, Ricardo. You know, but holy shit, do you learn a lot from a loss? Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, I was going to ask you about some of the CKB boys, and I know you, you work pretty closely with with a lot of them, um, and and just kind of seeing where they're at, what they're doing at the moment. Um, and, you know, we should talk about a couple of those guys who have probably had a uh, just about due another fight. What, what about, like, you know, someone like Mike Blood Diamond? I mean, he's, um, you know, had two fights in the UFC. He's had two losses. Uh, first one by submission, second one by decision. He should have probably won that fight, but I think looked like he went, a, went away from coach's direction, coach's orders. Uh, where, where's he at at the moment, and when are we likely to see him fight again? Yeah, Mike's Mike's in the gym. Mike's training. He um he's awesome, mate. He's the man. He's I think they're trying to get him another fight. Um he just needs a bit of time off and a, a bit of because there's a lot of guys fighting, Ricardo, you know, the attention from the coaches gets drawn out a little bit. So, um, you know, you just gotta kinda not not wait your turn, but just um you know, we can't just like other camps, you have maybe one or two UFC fighters, man, and, and CKB, um, half the squad is um, fighting at the high level. So um, I think Mike's just taking a bit of time off and then slowly building himself back up. And then when he gets the call to potentially get a good match for him, and um, then we'll go from there. I think he's working on a lot of things. You know, we, you'd be silly to throw someone back in um, soon after a loss. We've got a lot of footage of him fighting, and you can see of what he needs to work on, which is, well, he's got all the tools. You can mm. see it. Just a little bit of listening in the corner, you know, like, you know, similar to myself, Dan, you know, sometimes we just want to do what we want to do, you know, <laughs> and that, that doesn't always uh, turn out for the best. Mm. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see Mike, I don't know, in the next few months uh, make a comeback. I would imagine that you know the, the the big work on for him at the moment is is takedown defense. Would that be right? To be honest, like that was the that was the whole camp last camp, and man, he was very hard to take down. And even in even in the last fight, that wasn't the thing that worked against him. What worked against him was um, allowing to be so close. You know, he he could have kept the range and defended takedowns like he was doing, but he allowed himself to get in to clinch. 
the kickboxing range, clinch Muay Thai style. You know, he he didn't keep the mixed martial arts range where, you know, the threat of the takedown at a long range is you know not non-existent, but a lot more difficult to um to get a takedown if you're far away. Whereas Mike moved into clinch willingly, just like he's in a Thai fight, and that's I could hear huge just saying, "What are you doing? No, <laughs> separate." You know. You're doing well on the outside. Why would you go to clinch against a wrestler? Yeah. And I think just small things like that. You know, Mike already has the good takedown defense. He's got good takedowns himself, and he's got pretty good ground game. You know, for a um, for who he is, he's he's very hard to take down in the gym. Um, it's just a a few a few small things that need to be worked on, and then man, you'll see the you'll see the best of Mike Diamond just yet. Yeah, all right. Well, looking forward to it, man. I mean, he was, uh, you know, there was a lot of hype. I remember talking to um, a few people about him ahead of ahead of his UFC bound. People saying, well, you know, if, if people thought Izzy was impressive, wait till you see this guy go. So uh, there was a lot of people, giving, you know, rating him pretty highly on, on, the, on that front before he uh, got into the UFC. So look forward to seeing him go again. Uh, what about uh, what about Quake? What about Brad Riddell, mate? Where's he at at the moment? Because, I mean, he was on a great run for a while there, but uh, then had a, a couple of unfortunate losses back to back. Yeah, so, so, man, that was so unfortunate. The last one, he just got caught just a little bit close, you know, and um, Brad knows what he does wrong. And I think he's just taking a bit of time for himself and um, just a bit of time to reassess because after a few losses, you know, you, you definitely don't want to jump into anything too quick. Mm. And um, he's in the gym. He's training hard, helping the boys. These are the times when the boys, when the other boys have fights, you know, you get to the gym and your training partner, you're helping the other boys with their fights. You're helping them with, with their spider with their um with their workouts and um get them out of the way and then you know maybe the the tension can switch back onto um Mike Brad uh, Kai Shane you know in the next few months when they look to book themselves up yeah i mean uh, who is at the at the moment working towards a fight is it just Izzy or or are there others uh you got Israel you got Dan uh Carlos i think is on the card as well yeah, you got a few of the boys on the on the same card, so um, yeah, they're all in camp. They're all looking pretty good, and um, yeah, we we do a workout called Spider, and you need about three or four um, good guys to put you to put you through it, and then when you got four or five guys doing Spider, you need another f- times that by four or five, so you got twenty twenty five guys on the mats. Um, for this particular workout, and it's the hardest workout of the week. It's the fight simulator. You you might see Volk or some of the boys talking about it. So um, you can tell who's fighting by who's doing Spider, and there's there's four or five of them doing it um, every Sunday. So those are the guys who will be ready to go. Yeah, nice. What what is Spider? How does it work? So it's um it's a fight simulation. So if you're fighting three five minute rounds, um, the idea of Spider is to put you through three five minute rounds of a workout that simulates the fight so round one we um we do a bit more upper body stuff and then we put you on the wall and we just consistently take you down you get back up we take you back down and we have a fresh guy on you every 20 to 30 seconds so you're not going to win you're just constantly getting thrown on the ground get yourself back up thrown back on the ground round two we do a bit of um we switch it up so you're the guy taking everyone down so there's about three or four guys, and you're just constantly taking them down for the five minutes, among other few other things. And um, 
they're defending takedowns and I think for me round two is the hardest round but round three um, you're on the ground and the guy's got big gloves on and they're just relentless just beating the crap out of you for 30 seconds each and your job is to get back to your feet and after you get back to your feet you have to go straight back to the floor with a new fresh opponent and he gets on you and he just wails on you <laughs> so it's um it sounds like, yeah. sounds like a good thing to watch rod that's <laughs> man it's it's tough you, you know you're getting anxiety before you you know everyone gets a bit of anxiety before before you even start even some of the training partners you know because it's, it's the same feeling you get before a fight and a lot of the time you work harder your output is more in a spider than it is in an actual fight. And then that's just to know, it's just reassurance when you enter the fight, you know, man, I've done this in training. I've thrown more punches than I will throw in this fight. I've thrown them in training. I've thrown more, I've defended more takedowns. I've pushed my body to the limit. You know, I know I can go there if I need to go there. So um, having that reassurance is, is great, you know, and you see the boys fourth and fifth round and you see them come through, and you see them most of the time being the fitter of their opponents. You know, you've got Volk, Israel, Dan, and, and Kai. They're super, super fit. And the reason behind that is they've done it in the gym, and they've done harder in the gym than in their fights. You know, so they got that in the back of their mind. The fitness, the endurance, the toughness, the mental toughness, it's all there. You know, that that's one part of the game they don't need to worry about. Yeah, yeah, oh, mate. That's uh, yeah. It sounds intense. It sounds intense. Uh, so you know, you got um, you know Charles. You mentioned uh, sorry, Carlos. You mentioned there uh, is is training. So is Dan. Uh, so is is he? Is he's been in the news a little bit recently. Well, not so much him, but people talking smack about him. Uh, how's that gone down? And, and 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 what did you make of the stuff that was said about him getting uh, KO'd? I think like Israel's. You know, he he knows what casual fans are like and he knows what the real ones are like. Any any real fan or anyone who knows anything about mixed martial arts who's generally interested would go and watch go back and watch the fights. That's his normal his normal comeback is have you seen the fights? Have you watched the entire fights? And if people haven't, then all they see is the highlight of him getting knocked out. If people have watched the fight, they know they wouldn't even be asking the question. They know that Israel was winning both fights and um, just unfortunately got caught in that second fight. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, it's a, for, it'd be a tough subject to talk about, you know, like who wants to talk about getting knocked out? So um, I think I think he's looking forward to the opportunity to redeem himself with this upcoming fight with a win or even a knockout. And then after that, who can say, who can say anything to him after that? Yeah, exactly. Well, we have talked about that fight before that he did lose to Pereira, and that was, I mean, it was a fight he was comfortably winning, and he he, he got caught with you know it's that whole that old adage they have in boxing about everyone's got to punch his chance, right? He got caught with one, and uh, that finished the fight. But it was a fight that he was winning pretty comfortably. Yeah, it's a, he was winning comfortably. Gave him an eight count, you know, and then those were big gloves. Imagine what Israel's can do with those small gloves if Pereira wants to fight like that. You know, obviously they're both very different fighters you know they're both a lot better than they were but I'd still say eight nine times out of ten Israel wins this fight you know I that, I still believe that yeah all right mate let's uh, talk uh quickly uh, before you go about UFC 280 uh, not this weekend but next weekend uh Charles Oliveira going head-to-head with Islam Makachev um how, how do you see this one going uh, I mean Oliveira is is the number one uh, Makachev is the number four, but uh, Makachev is the favourite. 
Yeah, that's that's crazy that he's a favourite, eh? Um, I, their skill sets, they're both beasts on the feet. They're both beasts on the ground. I think um, Lukachev is a, he's more dominant on top. But uh, Oliveira, off the, off the bottom, he poses so many threats. I think they cancel each other out on the ground. So then, takedown-wise, Makachev is a bit strong in the takedown. But uh, Oliveira is probably stronger in the clinch. And I'd feel that Oliveira would be a little bit stronger on the feet. So it's kind of even in that regard. But then you look at the experience and you look at their previous opponents. And Oliveira's fought everybody. And he's... He's been in the face of adversity. He's been dropped. He's been hurt, and he's come back and won. Makachev has never been tested like that until, uh, except when his last knockout loss a few years ago. You know, he hasn't really um, been dominated or been hurt, and then come back from adversity. So um, I'm going to go with Oliveira, just purely based on being a champion, being a consistent champion, um, being knocked down, come back and won. Uh, in nearly all his title defenses, he's been knocked down, come back and won. So, um, you know, he's hard to put away. And I don't think Makachev has the power to put him away. And on the ground, I think they'll cancel each other out. So I'm going to go for Oliveira on this one. Yeah, and I think, you know, Oliveira's had 41, I think, fights at this level. And he's only gone the distance five times. So he tends to finish fights, right? I mean, and that that is something that... Uh, we don't see from Mikachev. He, he he goes to the cards a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And um, five rounds. You know, they'll both be they'll both be ready for five rounds. Um, I just really see Oliveira, just as experience, just shining through. You know, champion champion fights. Look at his opponents compared. Um, far out. I think it's. I'm really looking forward to the Ricardo. The bantamweight titles on the on the line as well. Aljamain Sterling defending against TJ Dillashaw. Um, I look at that reach advantage of four inches that Sterling has and think that's probably it's probably enough. You know, it's enough of a difference to give him the edge here. Yeah, um, I like both the guys. Eh, um, <laughs> old TJ and his and his doping. Oh my gosh, um, uh, flip. Aljo's. Aljo's grappling, and he's probably the first time that he'll fight someone who has similar grappling to his. So TJ, TJ can wrestle, and so he'll be hard to take down. And his just is pretty, pretty on, you know, compared to his last um, Aljo's last few opponents where he had the clear advantage on the ground. I don't think he'll have the advantage on the ground as um, as much against Dillashaw. So then it'll come to the feet, and I think Aljo's stand up. He can stand for so long, but he's always looking for the takedown. You know, he'll throw a few punches, a few kicks, a few fancy spins, but he's ultimately looking looking for the takedown. And I think TJ is going to read that. So I'd I'll probably go TJ on this one. Okay, all right. Uh, definitely, definitely in the stand up and with the takedowns, they're pretty similar. Probably TJ is probably a better wrestler than Aljo, and then the grappling advantage will be slightly in Aljo, but I don't think it'll be enough. All right, all right, mate. And uh, that's just finally uh, the other fight on this card that I'm really looking forward to is Peter Yarn up against Sean O'Malley. O'Malley is ranked 12th, but if he gets a win here, man, he's jet setted right up into possibly having a, uh, the next title shot. Man, I can't believe he took that fight. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, the way that people make Sean O'Malley out to be is a scared and doesn't want to fight anyone in the top 
top ten, let alone the top two. Far out. Um, bro, that's, I didn't even know that fight was happening. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's 15-1 and <laughs> one, taking on uh, on Peter Yarn, who's obviously 16-3. and three. From Peter Yarn's point of view, he probably mirrors Aljamain Sterling a little bit in having that big reach advantage. So for him, it's an opportunity to fight a guy with that reach advantage and, and make a point. Yeah, I guess. Um, what was that guy that... Uh, who's the other one in that div? He's quite tall and long. Um, he fought Aljo, and Aljo jumped on his back and choked him out. I, I think he's got a similar style to, to Sean. So, um, man, I think... Oh, this is a great fight for Peter. <laughs> it's a good fight for him. Shivers. Yeah, it feels um, that way. I mean, it's a dangerous fight, but you'd, you'd think he should he should get it done, right? Yeah, and I guess I guess the money's good, you know, um fighting an opponent where you get hopefully he gets some pay per view points because Sean O'Malley's a big name, so he'll be he'll be getting good money for it. he's probably what is he ranked twelve against number one. That yeah. that shouldn't be happening. But um hey, if he gets a win, man, you're right, eh? If Sean gets a win, far out, he's straight away number one, number two contender. Yeah, right That's up great. yeah. I mean he'll jump I mean you I think you were talking about uh thinking about Corey Sandhagen before, is that who you're thinking about? Sandhagen. Yeah. Sandhagen, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's uh yeah, I mean he's a guy that's fought Peter Yarn and Algermain Sterling and lost to both of them, so it's kinda hard for him to yep. know where he goes from here. Yeah. Tough tough div. Yeah. Mm. Tough div to begin. <laughs> really tough div, man. Really tough div. Hey Rod, thanks very much for coming on tonight, mate. Great to chat. Uh go well and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? Yeah, awesome. Cheers, Ricardo. Cheers. Hot uh, Rod McSwain there talking uh, UFC and a bit of the CKB scene with us here on SENZ. It is extra time.